Who's ready for speed dating tonight? I'm kidding. It's a joke. You had to be here last week. We didn't speed date, okay? Don't judge her. Don't judge us. Um, but we're in, in uh, this little mini-series, Dating and Marriage. And we kind of mentioned last week that dating is a new phenomenon. Like being in dating relationships is, is not a, an historic thing. That it's only in the last really 100 years that people started to marry people that they wanted to marry. <laughs> that most marriages were arranged. And so... Um, since the Bible is an, is an ancient text, meaning it was written thousands of years ago, it doesn't address dating biblically, but there are biblical principles that we can uh, take from the Bible and apply them to the dating process. And so I, I will say a lot of this message in this series is opinion on dating, and it is by no means authoritative. You have room to disagree with me, and that's okay. And I'm not telling you that you have to listen to everything I say. Obviously, each situation and each person is different. Each background is different. And so it's nuanced. And I always recommend you taking it to community, obviously taking it to God, but taking it to your close Christian community, taking it to Christian mentors, and just including people in on your dating process. Um, But ultimately, we're in the series, Dating and Marriage. Tonight, uh, what you'll be, uh, what we'll be talking about is just three different areas. Um, so, oops, actually, okay, i got to talk about that. So, before we get to talking about I want to give you a resource. I want to give you a resource. It's called Moral Revolution, okay? Moral Revolution. It's a, it's a ministry out of Bethel, and it basically talks all things like sexuality, and it's a whole section on dating. And so, these are just like three of the articles that are on there. The reason I show these ones is because they're like, they're like, they don't hold anything back. And so often, we can, we can only cover so much in church, and so, like, sometimes you have questions, like, what do I do in this situation? And you come ask me, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, I guess I've never really thought about that because it's so nuanced. They have amazing just uh, bloggers and writers who write, like, four tips dating during COVID. Is secretly watching porn cheating on your partner? I mean, I think these are questions that we're asking. Relationship advice for singles. So they have literally dozens and dozens and dozens of articles related about all things on sexuality. But specifically, they have a dating portion of their blog that I highly recommend you go and check out if, it's, if that interests you. And the second uh, piece. So we didn't get these books. We, we ordered them like last week. I was like, sure, they're going to come in. And I said we were going to give away five of them. But we'll give away five of them the next week, Okay. We'll give away five, but the next, this is a book. It's called True Love Dates. Highly recommend this book. We don't have five to give away. I promised that last week, so I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Now we're going to get started. I, I think this is my fourth. This is my fourth start, third or fourth. So this is what we'll talk about tonight. Low-risk dating. We'll define that. What does that mean? We'll talk about dating to-dos, and that's like two-dos. It's to-dos. I didn't really know if it was apostrophe, so I just left it out, but... And then third is, how do I end it? How do you break up with people? So that's kind of like how, what we're going to be talking about tonight. And I hope it blesses you. So the first thing is lowest dating. What do, what do we mean by lowest dating? This is, this is kind of like the general definition, is dating with the intent of getting to know a person. So many people date with the intent, with the intent of discovering if it's going to be their future spouse. Jake, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Well, no, you're actually supposed to date to get to know a person, not to choose a spouse. Thank you, yeah, someone, right? 
So many people literally, like before they'll even go on a date with someone, they'll ask this question internally, whether it's subconscious or conscious, they'll say, could I see myself marrying this person? You realize the risk, if I can put it, do you realize how much pressure you put on yourself before you even had a conversation with that person one-on-one? So that's called, that would be called high-risk dating. We want, we want a general rule, and I'll get to what, I'm not, what I don't mean, but as a general rule, we want low-risk dating, as in when you're single and you're seeking to be in a relationship, you want low-risk dating, meaning I'm getting to know a person, I, I don't have to like put a ring on it on the third date, or even know if I want to put a ring on it right away. Like I'm getting to know a person in a, in a setting that's not a group setting. Like, you, you have the, it's, it's like low risk. It's like, take the pressure off yourself. And I have another statement. If someone else goes on a date, don't freak out. Thank you, yeah? Like, seriously. Like, we've had some, we've had some, we've had some people, yeah, Alec and Bethany, yeah. <laughs> we've had some, we've had some relationships form recently here at Access, and literally people have come into my office, swung the door open, and they're like, did you hear about something? I'm like, calm down. Like, call, I don't, I don't say this, but I'm like, they'll probably break up in like uh, three months. Like, calm down. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying Alec and Bethany, I was, I'm just saying in general, like it's okay if they break up in three months because they don't have to get married because it's low risk. Seriously. You only go, oh, because you think they're going to get married. I'm saying let's lower the bar, stop putting the pressure on people, and let's allow people to get to know each other. Man. Sorry, guys. <sighs> I told you this is all opinion. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time reading the room right now. I don't know. I think it's just mostly nerves, and so you guys are laughing. But low-risk dating. Dating with the intent of getting to know a person. I highly recommend this model. I highly recommend this perspective on dating because it takes the pressure off yourself. Um, how many of you have been on a first date or a date, and you're so flipping nervous Part of the reason why we're so nervous is because, well, yes, we're afraid to get rejected. Yes, you know, we're afraid what to say. But ultimately, it's because we've placed so much pressure on ourselves to have to have our life figured out, to get married, to keep up the Jones, keep our parents happy, and ultimately just get this overarching question of, do you have a boyfriend or girlfriend off of our, like, invisible radar that we have when anyone asks us, are you dating anyone? Like, we have to, like, put the pressure down. And that's something only you can do because all the... The culture around you will put that on you. You have to be a powerful person to say, you know what? I'm not going to live that way and, and make the stakes too high. Um, so really want to talk about lowering the stakes of your dating life. So this is a picture of, I'm not a, like, a risk taker. This is actually in Yosemite. We took a trip like five years ago to Yosemite with a group from Access. This is Johnny Bullock. This is like a, this, this, Jesse, what's that part called? Jesse Martin? What? No, what's that rock called? Do you remember that rock? Glacier Point, okay. So that's Glacier Point, and that's Johnny Bullock. He was in our group. He literally, it says, it says like, no climbing. And he jumps out there, and he's like looking over the edge. It's like a thousand foot drop. Like, it's like, we're like, stop, stop. And he's just like toeing the edge. And I'm saying, it's risky business, right? And I'm saying, let's step away 
from the, the step away from things and habits that heighten the risk of your dating life. Okay? So, what I'm not saying, throw away your values. Okay? The last time I spoke this message, I got many people who were like, Jake, you're just telling people to go on dates with everyone. I'm like, no, I'm not. Last week, we talked about your values, okay? You need to stick with your values, right? We talk about the red list, the yellow list, and the green list. You need to stick with your values. Don't throw your values away. That's not what I'm saying, and I'm not saying to settle for someone, okay? I'm not telling you to settle. What I am saying is let's choose a perspective that says I'm allowed to get to know someone, to get to know someone, even to go out to coffee with someone alone without the pressure of having to date slash marry them right? And it's something that we have to do individually, but we also have to do that towards other people because it's a collective community effort to not have this high stakes game when it comes to dating and finding people, you know, who we might want to be with. So ways to increase. So there's like, don't do these things. Like this is like, don't do, you don't want to increase risk in my opinion. Um, ways to increase risk. Uh, making out, having sex, um, getting physical. You'd, you'd be surprised how many, how many people like kiss slash make out on like their first or second date. And it's like, what you did right there is you introduced emotions that you cannot control. And now you have, you have, you have bypassed your values and gotten into emotional world. Now you might be connected to someone that you would have never been connected to and you, you compromise values because you got physical too soon. And so, if you want to increase the risk and confuse your whole dating world, get physical fast, but I don't recommend it, okay? Have your boundaries. We'll talk about that later. Um, talk about marriage too soon. I, I know people who have literally talked about marriage on their first or second date, and I'm like, what? You talked about marriage? They were, de they were deciding if your breath smelled or not, and you're talking about marriage? They're... they're what are you, like, no, don't talk about marriage. But don't even think about marriage. <laughs> Literally, get to know a person, not get to a destination, okay? Thirdly, communicate constantly. If you want to heighten the risk of your relationship, even if you're in a relationship, if you want to increase the risk, maybe you're, like, deciding if you're going to be together, maybe you're in the beginning stages, or maybe you're flirting, whatever it is. If you want to increase the risk, text, snap, and message every day. The risk goes way up. Because now you're creating an expectation that's going to be, that's going to transfer into your relationship, which is we communicate all day, every day. And that's not necessarily, that's not healthy. Because you're not, you're not married. You're not committed. You're getting to know a person. And so it's actually healthy. Now, you definitely do want to communicate. And there's the game. I understand the game. You don't want to communicate too much. You don't want to communicate too little. You want them to text you. You don't want to text them. I know the game, okay? I'm not that old. But I'm saying sometimes we get in this situation where we're like, I have to communicate or else if I don't communicate, then they're going to you know, think that I don't like them or whatever. It's like literally just calm down. Get to know the person. Don't communicate too much in these early stages. Remember, this is for people who are in the like, deciding stage, in that stage of like, getting to know someone. This is the early stages of dating. This is the kind of the season that I'm talking about. Um, photos together on social media too soon. Like, when you go out on your first, second, third date, don't post it on Instagram. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, if you want to increase the risk, now literally, some of y'all got like 400 people watching your stories. 
Now 400 people just saw you together with someone else, and they're making all sorts of assumptions. And now the other person's starting to feel a certain way, like, whoa, like, I don't know. Like, so if they want to, you get to handle that on your own. But I'm telling you, if you can, if you can help it, try not to post on Instagram photos together too soon. Now, you can't help if other people take pictures of you, but ultimately, that's something that you should avoid, in my personal opinion. Um, and then lastly is hang out too much. It's like it's so counterintuitive because when, we, when we're pursuing someone, we want to be with them all the time because there's that rush, there's the emotions, there's the connection that we're feeling. But ultimately, when you hang out too much, you're increasing the risk. When you hang out too much, you're, you're putting too much of your eggs in the basket. You're, you're, you're going to, you need to take a slower approach to getting to know someone and not make it so like it has to happen now. And now, there are a lot of other things that would increase risk. These are just some of the, some of the major things that I've, that I've observed and even experienced in my own life. Um, and hanging out too much is actually something for people who have just started dating because ultimately you need to have your own life still because you're still getting to know the person. And so you need to have your own life, your own relationship with Christ. You need to have your own friendships coupled with the, the friendship and the relationship that you're developing with the, your significant other. Give me a thumbs up if this is helping, this is making sense, okay. Now, once again, take, I'll say this probably three or four times, take your relationships to Christ, take your relationships to your close Christian community, and take your relationships to Christian mentors, okay? Because this is not full wisdom. This is a few helpful tips that, I've, that I think I could offer you. Doing good so far? And then lastly, you're going to get to a point in a relationship where you're taking, maybe you're taking it slow, you're dating, you're not thinking of it as marriage, you're getting to know a person, and you actually genuinely do like each other. And I'm not even saying there's a timeline on how long that should be. Some people, it's a week. Some people, it's two months. It depends on your temperament, and it depends on how, honestly, it depends on how much trust issues, like how easily you trust someone, which is totally up to you. And so some people are a week, some people are two months, some people are three months, but at some point, you should do what's called define the relationship, DTR. Define the relationship, a conversation where the status of the relationship is named. And so this is the point where, where you're like, okay, we've been talking a lot, but we're not like boyfriend, girlfriend. Like we're, we, I know we like each other. Like he's texting me, he's flirting with me, he's sending all the signals. But I, and then you're, are you dating him? And you're like, I think maybe. Maybe? I, I don't know yet. And so at that point, right, where you need to have the conversation where you just define the relationship. What are we? That's really what you're asking, right? So once you get to that point, you want to define the relationship. And for some people, this is easier than others. Some people have no problem doing this. Other people, this is the scariest thing in the world. But it's also, a, it's just a healthy tip to like stay out of limbo where people don't get hurt because there's miscommunication. Okay, next thing. We're going to move to number two. That's just like, so that's low-risk dating, okay? Low-risk dating ultimately <laughs> is don't take the beginning stages of a relationship too seriously and think that you have to marry them right away. And don't heighten the risk of the relationship by doing instinctual things. They're not even stupid. They're just our instincts. Try to be level-headed and, and emotionally healthy and include people in. So number two, dating to-dos. Dating to-dos. So all, what it comes down to is most of us have taken our relationship. 
So most of us have taken our, have gotten our relationship advice from movies like Hitch. Like we literally think like, you go 90, I go 10. Like literally, I remember that was stuck in my head forever. I was like, this is how you kiss your girl. 90, 10, like literally. It's like that's what I thought forever. It's literally it's from a movie. That scene is so funny. Oh my gosh. I'm like... <laughs> Picturing Will Smith and Kevin James kissing this is such a funny scene. Um, so ultimately, we've been tutored by the wrong voices, and we have to come to grips with that, all of us. I don't care if you've grown up in a Christian home. I don't, I don't care where you come from. You have been tutored by the wrong voices when it comes to what you should do when you date. You've been tutored by the wrong voices. And so you have to relearn. You have to, like, deconstruct everything you think you know about relationships and come at it in a fresh outlook as a young adult. If you want to do it God's way and if you want to do it in a healthy way that honors God, honors the other person and protects your heart. Okay? So, to do's. Two things. Boundaries and communication. So, once you're in the relationship, okay? Once you're in the relationship, you defined it, you're in it, okay? You're in the relationship. First thing you want to do is put boundaries. The boundaries are not what you can't do. Boundaries protect what you value, okay? You don't put boundaries around things that are, that are corrupt and evil. You put boundaries around things that are valuable. And so whether that comes to sexuality, whether that comes to your emotional health or your heart, you want to put boundaries around things that are valuable, okay? That's a healthy distinction because if you only say like, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that, it won't last because your emotions will take over and you'll fall and you'll you'll just beat yourself up and, and make mistakes along the way. But if you have a positive outlook and protecting what you value, it's actually, you can have more success in actually, actually um, more success in keeping your boundaries. So two, two sets of boundaries, sexual boundaries, are the most important boundaries that you can make when you're in a relationship. They're the most important boundaries that you can make. And they're also... Um, We'll try to get into a little bit of detail what that looks like here. But so what are you doing? Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, that's totally it. What are you going to do? What are you doing to do? What are you going to do to protect your values of sex? Okay? So the Christian, the Christian value or the Christian outlook on sexuality is that it's designed between one man, one woman, and the covenant of marriage. Anything outside of that is considered sin. It's considered wrong. And God compels us in all over the Gospels and all over the New Testament to flee sexual immorality, like f run from it. And so one of the ways we can run from it is by putting boundaries around what God has made sacred, which is sex. It's a gift. It's a beautiful thing that God charged young adults and people to protect. And so what are you going to do? I can't make this list for you. I'll give you some examples. What are you going to do to protect what you value. Some of you already, some of, a lot of you have already had sex before marriage, and God has a, an abundance of forgiveness for you, and he makes all things new. And he says it's never too late to start protecting what he's given you now. Your virginity can be restored, and you can have a beautiful, beautiful relationship that's centered on Christ and a beautiful, beautiful marriage with beautiful sex. You have not ruined anything. You can still protect what God has given you. And so 
some of the practical ways to do this, right? So we're like, oh, well, don't have sex. That's not a boundary, okay? <laughs> That's just an unrealistic goal if you don't actually have boundaries. <laughs> don't have boundaries. A boundary would be um, we don't hang out alone past 11 p.m. A boundary would be no blankets. Some of you are laughing. A boundary would be we don't watch movies alone. You're like, come on, Jake, no movies alone? I'm not telling you to have that boundary. I'm just saying a boundary, remember that, remember that cliff I'm talking about with Johnny? A boundary isn't like, hey, woo! A boundary is like behind that fence 90 feet where I was standing. Like that's the boundary. It is like stay away. Like don't even come close. And so what you have to decide with the person your relationship with is where's our, where are our boundaries? Like realistically, because you have to, some of you are like, I got the Holy Spirit and I got that self-control. Mm. <laughs> yeah, until, until, he, uh, yeah, anyway, so, <laughs> until, you, until you start making out. And then you got no self-control, I promise you that. Man, some of your boundary is going to be no making out. A good rule is lips on lips, hands on hands. That's a good rule right there. That's a good boundary. <laughs> lips on lips, hands on hands. That's it. I'm sorry. I'm getting myself. I'm getting in deep water. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm just giving you some examples, but you have to decide that with your with your the person you're in a relationship with. Where where are our boundaries? And don't just say where are our boundaries. You need to have a conversation about what you value. So talk about why do you want to wait. Don't just rely on me. Talk about it with them. Why are you waiting? What are you looking forward to? What do you see as the day, not just with each other, but the gift that God's given you, like of like, you know, I can do this the right way. Even if I've done it the wrong way before, I can do it the right way. And God views it as, as if I've never sinned. He's viewed me as if I've never made the mistake in the first place. He's viewed me as pure and, and new. And so talk about those values and then make the boundaries that are appropriate for you and your, uh, your boyfriend or girlfriend. And then lastly is if you cross those boundaries, like tell someone and keep the boundaries. We need to reevaluate your boundaries because they're too strict or they're too loose. You have to have a constant communication about these sexual boundaries because ultimately it's something that is it, it, it's so important to God but it's so hard for us because we live in this culture where people aren't getting married till they're 28 and there's uh, sex drives a real thing and it's a beautiful thing but we have to do we have to just live in this nuanced world of dating in the meantime boundaries so they have the sexual boundaries and then you have emotional boundaries how can your relationship progress at a, at a healthy pace so you need to have boundaries and this is a it's kind of like a, it's a weird nuanced uh, part of the conversation because Part of a relationship is, is opening yourself up, but a healthy, protecting your heart and creating boundaries for your own heart is saying, what is a healthy pace for me to open up my life? And you need to have that conversation of like, so this is, you're in a relationship, and that means like how much time is spent together. That means like how much time you spend with like their family, the other person's family. That might be like way too fast for them. Because they're like, once you start coming to my family, my parents are like, my uncles and aunts are going to be like, yo, when are you getting up married? And that just makes them feel like it's moving way too fast. 
And so you need to, you need to have these conversations, and you need to have these boundaries of like, okay, what's the, it's not, maybe it's not a boundary, it's more of like a, a vision of like, what's the pace that we want to move forward with? Because if you don't set the pace, the person with the quickest pace will take over. If, if you don't have the conversation, if you don't self-reflect and say, this is, this is what I'm comfortable with, right? Then ultimately the person with the quicker pace will set the pace, unless you're just really strong-willed, which you might be. <laughs> what would Enneagram would that be, Mackenzie? That'd be an eight, unless you're an eight, okay? <laughs> is this good? But these are all conversations that you have. Well, it's values that you create, boundaries you create, but it's conversations you have with the other person so you can have a healthy relationship, right? So you can do things and you don't have to have all these things hanging over your head and conversations you wish you had three months ago. It's like, no, you can prepare yourself right now by creating these boundaries to protect your heart, but also to protect the value of your of the gift of, of sexuality that God's given you. So next is communication. So this is, uh, these are the to-dos of the relationships. Communication. How you see your future. <laughs> I have a funny story about this one. Oh my gosh. How you see your future. I, I, uh, there was a couple that used to go to Access years ago. And they were like, they were engaged and they had some conflict. And their conflict was around the fact that the guy wanted to literally travel the world, like live in a motor home and like, like he was just an adventurous, adventurous guy. He was like, go, go, go. I want to see the world travel everywhere. And the gal was like, I like grew up in West Michigan, seating with, I, I kind of just want to be around my family. And they went through this whole process of having to break off their engagement because they never talked about their future. They never talked about what they saw in their future. Or if they did talk about it, they thought, well, I'll just change the other person. Listen, you have to, like, when you're in the relationship, now this may be later down the road, this may not be in the first six months, it might be in the, you know, after a year, like, where do you see your future? Like, where do you see yourself in the future? Like, what do you, how, it's a real conversation to have, like, once you're a year in, depending on how quick you date and how long you date, how many kids do you want? Do you want a family? Like, these are questions that you should be talking about before you get engaged. Because once you get that engaged, you send those save the dates out, and you got that guest list, and your mom is getting all the stuff ready, getting the flowers, getting your wedding. That's a lot harder to call things off when you find out that your spouse doesn't want kids, right? Or your um, significant other, your engaged person, engaged person, fiance, that's what it is. <laughs> How am I doing on time, Alec? Way over. Y'all need this, though. I know what you need, Brian. <laughs> so second, so you want to talk about, no, this isn't like this. Remember, these are dating to-dos. If you do this in, in your first two months, 
increase the risk way, like way high, right? Like, so how many kids do you want? <laughs> and the guy's like, huh? <laughs> kids? You know, if you start talking about how many kids you want, he, those boundaries are going to be tempted real quick. You start talking about how many kids you want. I'm sorry. That's a bad joke. I'm in a really weird headspace. Okay, we're going to move on. Your inner world. Your inner world. So you got to learn how to communicate your inner world. In a relationship, you have to communicate your emotions. You have to communicate when you're frustrated. You have to communicate, like, what's going on inside of you? So many people, they try to hide the worst part of themselves from their significant other because they're trying to still win them over. But part of a healthy relationship is, act- is conflict. I, I do pre-marriage counseling, and I have couples who come in, and they, I'll be like, I'll, one of the questions I ask is like, so when was your last fight? In some couples, not all, some couples like have this badge of honor that is like, we don't fight. And I, I'm honest to goodness, I'm, I, at that point, I become fearful of their relationship. I become worried because conflict is a necessary part of any relationship. And when you say that you've never fought, it means that you've never actually communicated when you needed to. It shows me that you're afraid of conflict and that conflict's coming and it's going to be, for the first time, it's going to happen in your marriage and it's going to be like, whoa. So part, a part of healthy like, to-dos is communicating when you have something to communicate and communicate honestly, communicate honorably, and communicate um, with clarity. And the last is just conflict resolution, and that's connected to your inner world. But you just want to you want to learn to communicate. Don't just be, don't just be all about fun. Don't just be all about whatever it is. Like you have to talk about the real issues. And the last thing I'll note about this is a really easy way to have really bad communication is to make your relationship all about physical, the physical. When when your whole relationship is based on like when you. And I'm just going to be blunt because I was there and I remember it. Your relationship is like you hang out and then you go park your car. You hang out and then you go make out. And then you hang out and you're thinking about how you can go make out. And then you hang out and then you make out. And then literally when your whole relationship is based on like literally the physical, it actually just makes you feel like you don't have to communicate. And it's just awful. Like that's not a relationship at all. And so one of you, particularly I'm speaking to you because you're here, you need to value communication and realize that when you're in your relationship is too physical, you won't feel the need to communicate because you'll already feel close enough to them because you're physical. But you're not actually close to them. It's fake. It's fake connection. True connection is intimacy and communication, opening up yourself to the other person. So that's the last thing I'll say there. Oh, man. I'm going to do this last one really quick because it's important. And I'll, I'll be quick with it. I promise, Alec. I'll be quick. So the last one is uh, how to end it. But it's healthy to have arguments while you're dating, especially if you've been dating longer than a year. Correct. Especially if you've been dating longer than a year. Last is how do I end it. Okay. I just have one note on this and I'll be done. Please, 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 if at all possible, do not use the phrase, God told me that I needed to break up with you. There is nothing more hurtful than telling someone God doesn't like you. 
Honestly. God just told me that you were just not good enough for me. So he told me just to get out of this whole thing. Even now, I'll say this. Even if you genuinely feel God did tell you to be like be single. Even if God genuinely did tell you like you know, Jake, it's better for you to be single right now. God will direct you, okay? I'm not saying God wouldn't. Especially if you're in a toxic relationship, the Holy Spirit will be on you. He'll be on you if you're in a toxic relationship. But your job is to then, as a responsible Christian, is to journal, process why it is you are breaking up with that person. So God may tell you and convict you to get out of it. But it's your job to give specific examples and specific reasons why you are breaking up with them. It is the most honorable thing that you can do. Remember, we are, you have to love the person even if you're breaking up with them. So you want to honor them in how you break up with them and how you end the relationship. Whether that's a three-month relationship or whether that's a year-and-a-half relationship, you want to be honoring. So communicate honorably, honestly, and clearly. It's never easy. It's never easy to do this but it is the best way. And so the example that I'll give is like if, if, you're, if you're in a relationship, let's say you're three, two or three months in, and the guy or the, like you just have, let's say three things. Let's say it's a, a guy with, is breaking up with a gal. And, and, and she's just a little bit too like clingy, and it's freaking him out a little bit. Like texts him too much, and is just kind of like always trying to hang out, and he heard this message, so he knew that's not a good thing. And so he's like, okay, I, I'm just getting some yellow flags, and I just don't really know how I feel about this. Like, I kind of like her. She's a cool gal. She loves God, but I'm just, I don't know. That, that clingy thing is really bothering me, and I'm just ready to end this, right? So instead of just saying, instead of just ghosting her and, like, never texting her, anybody done that? You guys done that? You guys go, no, don't just stop texting. Go to her and say, hey, this is the reason why. You think that's hurtful. Yes, it is hurtful. And if you do it in an honoring way, it'll be helpful for her. It'll be helpful. Listen, the reason why I just don't feel like this is working out is because I just, it kind, of, it kind of just made me cautious with how clingy you were to me. And it just really sent some bad messages to me. And so I'm just, I think it's just better if we, we end it. Now, obviously, you're going to be much more clear and genuine than that. But nonetheless, what you want to do is communicate without hurt. It might hurt them, but communicate honorably and honestly why it is you're ending it. Because it can be really good information for them to heal. It can be good information for them to grow as a person. And that's what we want to do here. We want to help each other grow, even if it's in the midst of difficulty of, of the difficult situation of breaking up with someone. That's all I got. It's never easy. It's never easy. I'm done. <laughs> I have no idea what I just, I, Jesus help me. Yes, bow your heads with me. Bow your heads with me. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this amazing group of young adults. I just thank you, God, that, God, you've, um, You've given us Jesus as the model of love and the, the secure of our souls and, the, and the, just our king, God. And you've, you've shown us how valuable we are as individuals, that each one of us, God, are your children. And that, 
God, we don't need a relationship to be fulfilled. We don't need companionship with, with a significant other or a spouse, God, to be complete in the kingdom of God. But God, you've placed a desire in us to be with, with people and with the opposite sex, God. And so if you've placed that desire in us, I just pray, God, that you would guide us to keep our hearts pure, that you would guide us to not make that our idol, that you would help each one of us, God, to make the kingdom of God our number one priority. And as we pursue relationships and as we stumble through relationships, God, that we would, God, do it in a way that would honor you and that honor the people that we're, that we're around. And we just thank you, God, for these young adults. I pray that wisdom and guidance over them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks, guys.